0: Well, where do I start? Well, let me just start with some scripture, is that okay? I want you to turn to, we'll turn to scripture at the end of the story. as a pilgrimage of faith and life in Christ, walking with the Holy Spirit. Um, So let me start, at the beginning, I was born at a young age, and um, basically I grew up in a household where neither of my parents were Christian until my mom, shortly after I was uh, born, started to get really interested in, in Christianity. She went along to the local American church and um, she picked up a good news Bible. Anybody got a good news Bible? You know the ones with the pictures in it? You think somebody should have bothered a bit harder with those pictures. But anyway, if you know what I'm talking about. And um, basically she read John's Gospel, she read um, Acts of the Apostles, and she read Luke's Gospel and Mark's Gospel in that order. And she just devoured the scripture. Um, she just really started to encounter Jesus by her own reading the scripture and she asked Jesus into her life through the Bible because the church she went to, the vicar, was a liberal theologian who believed all worlds leading into God and therefore he wasn't that helpful in finding Christ um, but she found Christ just by reading the Good News Bible and also she saw in the scripture uh, then you could be baptised in the Holy Spirit, so she asked for that as well. And she was baptised in the Holy Spirit on her own, in, in her room. And um, she found out about a fellowship that started in uh, Horwich, which is a little place near Bolton. And um, that, that fellowship was headed up by a guy called Hugh Thompson, some of you may remember his name years ago. So she started to go along there and just found uh, to a degree what she'd been looking for in terms of a community of faith and of life all those years ago, 36 years ago. So, we sort of, myself and my sister, with what we grew up in that community. And uh, my father came along occasionally, but wasn't really that interested in becoming a Christian. And uh, things got back to worse in my relationship with my mum and dad and they split up when I was six years old. And um, one of the main reasons why they split up was because my my dad got violent towards my mum and to a point where she was in real harm's way and therefore we had to leave the home. And my my dad had a reasonable job so we lived in a nice part of Bolton, if you can imagine such a thing. And we had to move to a not-so-nice that we moved to a school that wasn't the same school I like had started in. Um, so, just uh, started sort of that new life, uh, things not looking very good. And I remember going to Dale's Bible Week. Some of you may remember those Bible Weeks. And uh, I was five years old. This is just before, a few months before, my mom and dad separated. And um, I gave my life to Jesus. Then the year after, I went back and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I remember vividly the lady who prayed for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. She was from originally from Korea, and she'd come over to be part of the new church movement here because she'd heard about what God was doing, and she'd come to Manchester as a student. And I always remember it because her name was Yook, She stays in my head all the time. Look, absolutely lovely lady. She, she was a young lady, she was have been a student, she prayed for me, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then a few weeks later, that was when I was six years old, a few weeks later, my mom and dad But It was almost like <clears throat> what was happening was that God knew that my father was going to be absent. So he baptized me in the Spirit. You see the Spirit's job is to reveal everything that Jesus has. And Jesus is first of all a son in a relationship with his father. So, the Holy Spirit is here to show us the Fatherhood of God and the Motherhood of God, actually, the parentage of God into our lives. And um, I really felt a real sense of the Holy Spirit coming to my life at six years old. Um, A real sense of experience of Him. And I remember going back to our local church. And you've seen this morning the children playing with various things and doing pictures in Lego and hearing of God. I just remember always being a kid that never was interested in worship. God gave me a scripture, one of the children's workers. Children's workers are so important, they really are. Beautiful, uh, beautiful man of God gave me a scripture, and it was from Deuteronomy 28. It just says, You need to be the head and not the tail, top and not the bottom. I remember God really speaking that scripture to my heart. And I ended that primary school, captain of the football team, head of house, and uh, being able to share. Good Scott turned the situation around. And uh, went to secondary school and enjoyed life, enjoyed, it, it was involved in setting up a Christian unit in secondary school. It was called Life, not Religion. That was, was our name. And um, I enjoyed playing football a great deal at school, played for the team, played a little bit for the town. When I was 14 I um, had an injury through football, through football and just just on the pitch, nobody sort of clashed into me, but I just pulled it with an injury, like a groin injury, so real pain. So I went to the hospital and I had an X-ray, and um, by chance in the X-ray they found something that looked like a dark patch in my groin area. And basically, they did further tests and discovered it was a malignant growth. And um, basically, they rushed me from. I had all test the tests on Friday. And they actually got me in on Monday for an operation to remove the growth, and then they were going to give me a, a course of chemotherapy and a that.
1: Basically over the weekend
0: I um, went to the church where I was based at that time was in Manchester, the Manchester church and a guy called Tony Ling was there to speak on that particular Sunday and Graham Deacon who was the elder of the church he asked me to go into his office at the end with him and Tony for prayer. So I went in for prayer, and uh, these guys prayed for me, and I really felt a sense of God's presence. And then later in the day, somebody just followed my mom and gave me scripture from Isaiah. The scripture was no one living in Zion will say I mean. And it just really hit me this scripture. If I'm part of the church of God, then I'm going to really take hold of this scripture. And then my mum was really into a guy called Colin Urquhart. Anyway, I went through the operation and the consultant came round after the operation scratching his head. And basically said, what we saw on the scans and the tests, we didn't find a new body when we opened it. And I just really believed that and uh, took that away. And God has just been so good to me in certain ways, you there's been times in teenage years, in other words, adulthood, when because of fear of men. You walk away from the wall of motion in different ways. But I can tell you this, that God is faithful even when we are faithless, for He cannot deny Himself. That's the nature of God towards us. He's faithful even when we are faithless, for He cannot deny Himself. I went to university in Leicester uh, in 1996 and um, I was interested in the course, but I really felt the call of God as well. So I chose my university places to be in a place where I felt God was calling me, not just somewhere that had a good course. And that's a really good process to go through as a young person. Um, and I started the course and hooked him to the church in Lesley in Rossville as the lead elder of. And he actually just arrived in September 1996 when I had arrived. And we, we kind of hit it off. I used to babysit for his kids, his two boys who were now in their twenties one of them married already. I remember great games of football in Margie's kitchen that only found out about a few years ago. <laughs> and, well, it was just a great joy to be part with Ian in the church in Leicester. I was involved with the youth the students. Um, the youth that went from 15 people, young people who were disengaged in God to over 70 young people in two years that were fire for God at the time that I was there because I believe this that if we if we put people whether they're young or old, into the presence and power of God that's what keeps them nothing else them. Okay? Yeah. nothing no 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 matter how many strategies we have even though strategy is good administration is important but if we don't allow the holy spirit to do all that he can do then what's the point? so therefore it was just a great time doing that, and uh, I remember in the year 2000, um, Ian said, I just wanted to come to my office, so I sat down with him in his office, and then walked Brent Jones. Some of you remember Brent, uh, Boston here, for many years, the founder really. If you Google Brent, he's the founder of the new church movement in this country. So I know all across the churches in, in our nation, we have a lot of churches in different denominations now worship in a free way, That's, you know, with, with different instruments. that don't hold to a 1660 service all the time, but they are free in worship. We see an, an embracing of apostles and prophets and different ministries within the church of this nation. I believe a lot of that started in the heart of that man. So he walked in and he said, I was talking with you about you, I'd like to spend some time with you. So for the next three years I had the privilege of driving around the country. Uh, listening to him—that was my Bible college. Um, being in the car with him, being challenged, being questioned, uh, looking at scriptures. Him—I'm uh, trying to look at the scripture while driving the car. and the Bible and look at that. It was just a wonderful experience. I remember the last. Being with you guys, and passed away in the United States. And he he uh, gave me a tour around the dale to all places uh, where he ministered. We went to Church House in Bradford. We went to the London Life Centre. We went to the the, the shops in Brassington, where he got his suits for the Bible weeks. We went to the sweet shop where he got his cinder toffee. And we just did all sorts of things. It was just a real beautiful time. And it was very nerve wracking for me because he just got a big Land Rover. And driving a big Land Rover around those country roads is not as easy as it is. Um, so it was just great. We went to Airdale in the evening. And then he went to do the law uh, a few, few days later. But he really had an impact on my life. Um, I suppose like a spiritual grandfather I always felt he had not so a spiritual father to me, but Bren was kind of that, that granddad uh, figure that had so much wisdom. And just was so full of the love and the presence of God, Um, and I had the privilege to to be with him in that time. So it was a real honor, I just felt honored by the Father, for being around such a Father that that Bryn was for a few years. Um, And then, when Bryn group passed away, I started a congregation in Coventry, was leading that congregation for 10 years. Towards the end of that time, oh, I'm going to talk about something very, very important, 2003. I started the congregation, uh, and I was a single man. I had, had a two-year relationship with a girl the church in Leicester, and not gone well. I remember Ian Rossall uh, helping me through that situation, and I remember him sitting at the end of my bed, late at night, uh, and, uh, with a smiley face saying, Don't worry buddy, God's got everything in hand. anyway um, so I, I just felt I'd say to And after that, I'm going to go and speak to that lady. So I went over and spoke to her, and um, we just hit it off. And um, a few days later, I was out of the country, so we just swapped addresses, we were going to do pet pals. I got back, and I spoke to Ian and Gareth about the situation. He said I, I, you know, I believe this is the one. You know, everybody used to say, you won't know it's, you know, they would say you'll know the one. I was like, come oh, come on, that wasn't happening. I just felt this is the one. And um, I said, I remember saying to, to Ian and Garrett, I believe this is the one, and uh, they said, well why, why did she come to Bible school in this country, instead of Bible school, there I said, well that's a really good idea guys, I, mean, I think I'm, I'm for that, <laughs> and I remember Garrett saying to me, you better be right about this, because if you're wrong, it's going to be a big mess, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so praise God was right and that year we, we got engaged and we got married and now we're expecting our third child in three weeks time. You know, I think the, 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 the greatest blessing, I really have a desire to see so much happen children I have, it, it's just been, it's taught me so much about the Father, of God. You know, God loves us so much. You know, I don't know, know you don't have to have a child um, to know the Father of God, but it's just helped me, that's been my journey. And the way I feel about those kids, the way I think about them, uh, the way, the way I, I, I just adore them, the way I would die for them, this is just like our father. It's just like it's about you and me is is, is infinitive times more than even I feel and love my children. I I think that's amazing. He is totally for each and every one of you, uh, beyond what you can imagine. And I suppose that's kind of my testimony, that throughout my life, ups and downs have come. Um, I've not talked about some other stuff that's happened. But I can say this, that the Father absolutely adores his children and I'm a living testament to that. He loves me. He Loves me beyond my faults. Loves me when I mess up. Loves me beyond my mistakes. Loves me when I think I'm so good, when really I'm not I'm really just again. He just loves me whatever position and place and attitude I have. He loves me. He loves me so much that he is He's conforming us to the image of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Our God is a wonderful God. You know, when we talk about testimony, <clears throat> we talk about our story. It's not just the story I've just given. Our testimony is the gospel. Yeah. Our testimony is what Jesus has done, not just for us, but for all, the whole of humankind. What Jesus accomplished on the cross is our testimony, is our story, not just our personal story, but that is our story as well. Can I ask ask each and every one of you this year, become reacquainted with the Gospels. Become reacquainted with Jesus, become reacquainted with your Father. I've said this before, I think I've said it in being here as well. There seems to be in church life a move away from the Word of God move away from the study of the scripture. But I believe that God wants us to find, open our eyes like David prayed and find wonderful things in his word for us. Find wonderful things in his word for us. The Bible says in Revelation 19, 10 I think it is, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You want to know what prophecy is all about? It's not about Jim and gloom. It's about the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Can I also say that prophecy is not foretelling the future? New Testament prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians 14:2, is this edification, exaltation, and comfort. God wants his people edified, that means built up. God wants his people exalted or challenged to move on with him in all his doing. And God wants his people comforted in the moments of trial and terrible circumstance he wants them to know his comfort and that spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Every single word, whether it's a preached word whether it's a word that's proclaimed whether it's a personal word to you, it should all be about your exaltation edification and it should all reveal more of Jesus to you and me. So when we talk about our story this year, when we are looking for transformation this year, there is only transformation when we see Jesus, when we really encounter Jesus. The Bible says that we are transformed into his image by looking at his face. 2 Corinthians are 18. We are, from we are transformed Looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus in His Word, encountering Jesus in worship, encountering Jesus in our devotion and prayer life. It really is all about the testimony of Jesus in our lives. That is what God is after. That is what God is after. I know Mark has preached on this, but in Revelation 12 11 it says, We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And the word of our testimony is not just that story, even though that's powerful. The word of our testimony is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of grace will make us overcome. It's not a gospel of works, it's a gospel of grace. Through the gospel of grace we overcome.
1: I just really believe that if we're going to see a year of testimony of transformation,
0: it's going to be a year more than ever before when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus. It says in John 16 that the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to do a number of things. He will come come to convict the world of sin. He will come come, come to convict believers of righteousness. And He will come come to condemn the devil. So often as Christians we are feeling condemned. The only person the Holy Spirit's come to condemn is the devil. The Holy Spirit comes to convict us of our righteousness in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin. Well, Jesus goes on in John 16 to talk about what that sin is, the sin of not believing in Jesus. So often we try and, as even as Christians, shout loudly about how terrible that sin is or You'll be calm in society about how you know, this shouldn't happen and this shouldn't happen. But our role is to convict the world and the of their need for Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's our role. And the Holy Spirit and the Briar are involved in that ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're important. There's a wonderful story in Genesis 24. I, I just love this story. You don't know, need to turn to it because we haven't got time. I'm going to finish in a couple of minutes. Genesis 24, it's a beautiful story of Abram, the father of our faith, he sends his servant out to find a bride for his son, beautiful story, Eliezer goes out to look for a bride for Isaac, a young man of promise, and he gets to the place where he finds a beautiful serves Eleazar, uh, Eliezer who is a servant and serves the to catch get water for the camels which would have been a really really heavy job in the sun to do that to fact, fetch gallons and gallons of water down the well for camels God speaks to Eliezer this is the woman basically this family says, will you go with this man? Will you go with this man? The response is, yes I will. And as I'm reading that story, I just feel that that servant is the Spirit who serves on behalf of the Father and the Son to bring the bride to Jesus, Isaac. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and I individually and to the church. Wooing us to be part of the bride of Christ. wooing us to be intimate with Jesus. wooing us to be in close relationship with Him. being in covenant relationship with Him. The question goes out today, will you go with the Holy Spirit? Will you go with this man? Will you go with the one who will bring you in to all that God has for you? Will you go into intimacy with Jesus by the Holy Spirit? Because The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. The Holy Spirit cannot be ignored anymore in the church. The Holy Spirit must be the one that helps us come to Jesus in a fresh and new way. To make us the kind of people that God intended us to be before the foundation of the world. I'm going to read a scripture and I'm going to close. It's Ephesians chapter 3. Paul of prayer for the church. the prayer of Paul for the church, and he says this. Verse 14. For this reason, I read the amplified translation. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan of which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family May He grant you, out of the rich treasury of His glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, abide, make His permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power to apprehend and grasp with all God's devoted people what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth of this love. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. That you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That sounds like a living testament, doesn't it? Yeah. This is what he says after that. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power is at work within us, he's able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask Think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To Him be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. It's all about Jesus. He can go beyond what we ask or imagine. Infinitely beyond our highest thoughts, desires, hopes, or dreams. Let's, this year, above everything else, In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love. love.